like we both both at the core of us we only each wanted to be loved really really badly Welcome to another episode of The Orphic. My name is Alyssa. I'm an astrophysicist. I have my PhD, and I want to understand the consciousness of the universe and the consciousness of astrophysics. I essentially, every everything in the universe is alive. It has a soul, and I want to understand how it all works and how to blend science and spirituality. So that's what I'm doing on my Instagram and on this podcast. Follow me on Instagram at interdimensional.astrophysics. Thank you. Hey, I'm Michaela with Mariposa Moon Child. I do empathic energy medicine and shadow alchemy. And I'm more and more really feeling into and learning um, what that means and even what those words mean. And especially after my recent experience, which we're going to get into on the podcast. but. I am here to be a part of this movement into the new paradigm, this movement of healing ourselves to heal the planet, to heal Mother Earth and deepen our connection to our bodies, to our sisters, to our communities, to the land, to the earth, to the animals, um, and to bring us into, into that new earth space where this connection lives within us. And living from the heart is the default. It's not just once in a while, it's the default. And I'm still learning, but I am here to support and be a part of this healing process. Yeah, I like that you said deep in the connection to like the land and everything because, yeah, just like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's ground in, do some breathing. Mm hmm. So I'm going to light my Palo Santo. So I invite you to set yourself up however you would like to receive the ground in. I like to close my eyes personally. And I could really use some extra grounding today. So. All right. I'm going to place a hand on my heart to really take a moment to feel into my heart space, in my chest, and taking a deep, big belly breath in, filling our lungs all the way to the top. Pausing here and opening our mouths and releasing, <sighs> letting it go. A couple of cleansing breaths. Let's take another one just like that. Big breath in, feeling the lungs all the way at the top, pausing in that pause, bringing any and all tension that's in your body, gathering it all together in your chest, in your lungs. And when you're ready, open your mouth and let it go, release, let the tension go. Now continue taking breaths just like that on your own. And I want you to imagine silver roots that are coming out of your root chakra. Really thick, chunky, wide roots 
and feel them buried down into the soil beneath you, working their way through the soil and the dirt and the rock, feeling their strength as they move down and spiral and anchor you deep into the earth, feeling them as they go all the way down and reach the center of the earth and connect to the core of the earth, taking a moment to feel into your body and these roots and this connection. And with the breath, breathing beautiful white light from Mother Gaia up through your roots and into your root chakra and into your body, filling up your root chakra with that beautiful white light, filling up your sacral, your solar plexus, your heart, your throat chakra your third eye chakra, and all the way up into the crown, and moving out of the crown, up into the cosmos, high, 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 up into the cosmos, wrapping around a beautiful star of white light, and having that energy wrap around the star, and back down into your body, into your crown, down through the core of your body, through all of your chakras, and back down through your roots into the earth. And let's take one more big deep breath, holding, finding the intention to let everything and anything that's ready to be released go and let it out. Let go. And when you're ready, just slowly and gently bring yourself back into this space. Talk about a proper grounding in. Yeah, I felt like it was needed. (laughs) We went down, we went up, we went everywhere. (laughs) That was good. Yeah, that was great. And I agree. I think it will be needed. So... What are we talking about today? Okay. Um, (laughs) On Friday, Friday evening, I was invited to kind of last minute, the week of, I was invited to a mushroom ceremony. And the plants have been calling me for a while. I've talked about that on the podcast that it's come through all the time. Listen to the plants, listen to the plants. So Mm-hmm. This ceremony, this plant medicine ceremony had been calling me for a while too. And I was invited to a couple others over the summer, but they just didn't line up. Like they're, I was physically not even around. Like I was at a music festival during one and I was oh, yeah. back in Alberta during another time. So they just really didn't ever work out. And then this was the first mm-hmm. one that finally was able to work out. So, and this ceremony was an all women's ceremony, which the other ones I was invited to weren't. They were like co-ed, which is totally fine. And I'm sure I will go to some of those in the future mm-hmm. as well. But yeah. uh, now that I was able to go to this one with all women, it it was all meant to happen for a reason. Because I believe the first one that I was meant to go to was meant to be an all sister one, an all women's one. So mm-hmm. that's why the other ones didn't work out. Yep. Yeah. So 
And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. It was great. Well, yeah. So basically, in terms of, you know, what what we've discussed, like all that Michaela's told me. So, well, you told me you told me like a few things, like a few highlight things, but they were very much like the the overall theme was like, holy shit. Holy shit. Well, I think <laughs> I, I texted think I'm the same you the person. next day and I just said, holy fuck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. And you're that kind of like, like oh, wow. Fuck. Like it was it was like good. It was like whatever. And I was like, <laughs> no, like you don't. You, <laughs> You don't even understand. Yeah. Not that you don't You're understand, like, but I was just like, no, like I probably don't. But also, yeah, like I didn't, you know, I, and even going in, I mean, going into one of these things, like you never know what's going to happen, especially if you're in such a sacred ceremony like that because it's one thing to do a mushroom trip or I mean, I don't really know. I've never done a proper full mushroom trip. Uh, I've microdosed. I've only I've kind of gotten a little bit close. But I don't know, and especially never in some kind of very sacred ceremony uh, setting like that. So I'd imagine that it really amplifies just the experience that that you're having. But, you know, I, you know, when we were talking when you were about to go into it and everything, you were definitely like, I'm a little nervy or like, I don't know what to expect. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be a little nervous because <laughs> I still I'm still like I want to do a full mushroom trip soon. And I, I know I will. And I know I'm ready. But even for that, I'm a little like that's it's a lot it's a lot and yeah and then you came back and you're like no like I'm a different person kind of and maybe not kind of I don't know why I added that but so then it was just funny kind of for the last few days just anytime I went to send you a voice memo about something I'm just like there's no way Michaela is even capable of processing my (laughs) silly little life right now (laughs) like you're just I just like literally the last few days I just visualized you as like as almost like a like suspended about to be floated up to a ufo just like floating in midair i'm like you're definitely still in midair i don't yeah. know how you're supposed to like deal with my problems on a voice memo but i sent them anyway and i still listened <laughs> um i know yeah the last couple of days funny. have definitely been interesting and bryce has been away on a golf trip too so like i've been alone oh, is he he's still away yeah, yeah he's still away he come home he come he's coming home today so maybe he'll come mm-hmm. home in the middle of this and then i have to explain yeah. it all to him too and i haven't really told him much about it either we briefly tell talk- him to listen to the episode yeah i'll probably <laughs> just tell him to do that um like we briefly yeah. kind of chatted about it yesterday and he was like oh so it was good it was kind of the same thing and i was like <laughs> it was like yeah i was like it was good it was good's good. the word good's good is a word yeah <laughs> yes yeah i was like is it even that but but yeah, I going into it, I was nervous. Like mm-hmm. I was nervous. And I've heard before, Lucia said this when I was in linking awareness, like sometimes anxiety in the body is just your body knows what's going to happen before you do. And so sometimes yeah. anxiety, like, right. Cause anxiety and excitement are really the same thing. So it's yes, just like yes. your body knows about this change that is going to happen and it feels it. And especially for those of us that are very sensitive, which most of us here are, you can, you can mm-hmm. really feel that and then interpret it as anxiety too. But there's a few different things. Um, I was just anxious about the, the mushrooms, like the mushrooms in general, because I have dabbled in using mushrooms before, but only recreationally. I've never sat in ceremony like this before. You also know, like in a ceremony like this, like we're not micro dosing, we're macro dosing. Like you get a dose, Mm -hmm. like you're getting, you're getting a good dose. Like, and you, Mm -hmm. you kind of have to do it. Like if you're there, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's what you're there for. Exactly. (laughs) Just sit around and watch. Exactly. (laughs) And my experience with mushrooms this far um i've microdosed mm-hmm. and i've 
I have macro dose, but like smaller macro dosing, like nothing really Mm -hmm. that crazy. And I've kind of had an interesting relationship. Like I've definitely felt really anxious on them before. I spoke about my experience feeling that anxiety during linking awareness when we did do a microdose and I kind of doubled up on my microdose, but I remember really feeling it and feeling very anxious and just feeling all this energy in my body. And I just had to shake it out. And I really had Mm -hmm. these moments of being like super hyper aware, um, super, super sensitive and super, super hyper aware and specifically of what other people were thinking about me, like being really, even though I knew that I was safe in the space, like being, being, being very hyper aware of others like perception of me um and even like oh if I move my arm like this is someone thinking I'm weird and it was just kind of like this like cycle that kept looping and it was just like really uncomfortable and I've had that happen um before as well and I also have had pretty nice like grounding experiences too but I've also never I haven't I would say taken enough where I've like really gone really really deep Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was a little, I was a little nervous because the other thing is, is this is really vulnerable. It's really fucking vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't like to be yeah. vulnerable <laughs> and it's even really vulnerable for me to like admit that because mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know, like if I show other people my weaknesses or my vulnerability, or if they know about my weaknesses, if they know about it, then they have power over me. And I feel like for so many years of my life, I tried to live in a way where I wasn't giving people any type of power over me because I learned when I was so young not to do that and that I have to be in power and I have to be in control so that I won't put anyone in a position to, I don't know, like, I guess, have power over me in like a negative way or use my vulnerability or my anxieties against me because that happened to me when I was younger. Right. I was going to say it comes from experiences. And do you think it's more surrounding like experiences around friendships? Yeah. And with women. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, female friendship. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think this is this is big because this is a really big topic that I'm sure a lot of people can relate to, like the sisterhood energy. And like, you know, uh, some of us have these like kind of karmic imprints on on, you know, female friendships and things that repeat themselves and lessons to learn around that. And, you know, so it's a big, it's a big topic. Yeah, exactly. And so that was part of it is I was nervous of just how the mushrooms were going to make me feel. And the other part of it, I was nervous to be in a group of all women. And that's like hard for me to admit admit to, because I don't want other people to know that about me or that I feel Mm -hmm. that way. Um, and it wasn't that I wasn't excited because I was, and I knew all the women were going to be absolutely so cool and awesome, but there's still like this piece of me that's like, sometimes feels like I struggle navigating a dynamic of a group of women because of my past. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I already put these pre things up of just like, well, you know, what if, what if they're judging me and what if this? And so I naturally kind of put a guard up and I've, I'm aware of that and I've been working Mm. on that, but I knew that with the mushrooms and with the nature of the ceremony and with it being all women, which I was excited for, but I also knew that it was going to put me in this position where I had to be really, really, really vulnerable. And Mm -hmm. I was a little afraid of that because 
it yeah it's yeah because it's in your body yeah so of course you are yeah like as much as I told myself I don't need to worry I don't need to worry about these women judging me I don't need to worry about this there's still something in the back of my head that's like that needed to keep me safe that maybe didn't fully trust that there's just this voice in the Mm -hmm. back of my head that's like still trying to keep me guarded or mm-hmm. overanalyze or and these are things that I was aware of and I've been trying to work on because I don't want to have that voice that's always there but mm-hmm. because of some of my past stories um that is something that has been really built into and programmed in my body and it's not just me I think a lot of us women can relate to this because it's not our fault but we've been programmed to be competitive against each other and mm-hmm. in a lot of ways like i mean everyone's upbringing and whatever is different but there's a lot of ways in which society has programmed us for that yep definitely definitely yeah i'm like i i feel like i don't necessarily relate to the like you know because we don't have similar experiences yeah. with like the friendship stuff for me like i have you know, I have a thing with like female authority figures mm. that I just have had negative experiences with. And I don't feel like that's me putting something on them. Like, I don't know where that dynamic, you know, kind of came from. But like, you know, I have something with that. And I don't know. So, you know, everyone has their own. Yeah. Their own thing. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be the same story for it to still be mm-hmm. um, relationship with women right Mm -hmm, right and navigating that that dynamic and however however that looks so it was interesting because so the day of i was rushing around trying to clean my place because bryce was gone so i Mm -hmm. needed somebody to come and stay with like osa and newt for the night um just so i knew that they were safe and good and so that osa wasn't lonely so you know my nervous Mm -hmm. system's jacked up i'm already running around i'm someone who tends to be late for things so i'm doing my best to not be late but have the house clean because i don't want someone to come stay in a gross house and and you know and just all of those things yeah. and then and then i'm thinking too like it was really interesting because i also when it t- came time to get ready it was interesting because i had no time to get myself ready <laughs> No time. No time. <laughs> no time to get myself ready. Got it. But it was, but it nice. was also interesting because this thought came up where I'm like, don't put makeup on. Don't go to this with makeup on. So I already had decided before I didn't have the time to get ready that I wasn't going to wear makeup, which is also interesting too, because like going into a group of women, like usually you kind of want to like look nice or like feel, feel nice. Mm. And, but I just had this feeling where it was like, no, I'm just going to go absolutely no makeup, no concealer, no nothing, no makeup. But I, I was planning on doing my hair. Like I just, cause my hair is mm-hmm. this kind of like curly mess. It feels like sometimes it's kind of frizzy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I had yeah. just washed it and I was like, I would like to straighten it and curl it. So it's just kind of this nice, like that would feel nice, a little bit nicer for me. And then I'll go mm-hmm. with no, no makeup. Um, nope, no time <laughs> to do my hair. No. no time. Oh, natural. So we're going completely natural to this which for some people that might not be that big of a deal um and it wasn't right. a huge deal but I still felt into it because usually I would say in situations where I'm meeting new people I want to put my mm. best self forward not that I didn't do that but I think maybe there's a belief that my best self is you know with a little bit of makeup on and my hair done a little bit and mm. not full glam like I'm not a full glam type of girl for something like this but just mm. like you know you know doing myself up and yeah. trying to make myself look as good as possible and so I didn't do that I went completely yeah. Yeah, you went natural too. Yeah, so I went all natural. 
which I'm very happy about in retrospect. And that was already part of part of the learning process, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm just like accepting yeah. myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in so much acceptance. Yeah. yeah, like I just, I just like really am. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it was interesting. It's like I'm also in this rush, and I'm getting ready to go, and I'm like thinking about what clothes am I gonna wear, and how am I gonna look, and um even like I, I look down at my toenails and I'm like my toenails are so grubby and I don't have any time to do anything about them and it's just like all these thoughts pop up of like well whatever like I just it just has to be what it is but then it's just like well is somebody gonna look at my toenails and are they like gonna judge me mm-hmm. on my toenails and it's and and like those thoughts are nothing against the women that are there that's just like my own insecurities that come up because it's yeah. almost just like I'm just so used to thinking, I think that everyone else is like judging you all the time and like living in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Especially, especially women. So, yeah. So, yeah. And then another thing was too, is like my, my journal, I just finished my journal and like it said, like, you know, bring a journal and bring your stuff. So I'm like, I'm also like rushing around trying to like get a journal very last minute like literally running into the store trying to like pick out a journal Mm -hmm. trying to be so fast because I also want to make sure that I'm there on time we're supposed to be there at six but we're going to start the ceremony at 6 30 which is good because it gives you some like cushion room but I'm just like running around trying to like find this journal and I get the journal and why I'm mentioning these things is it's just so funny because I never used the journal and it didn't matter but (laughs) there's this piece of me that It was like this like control piece that I like that Mm. I I, like needed it instead of just like, you know, Mm. falling into the trust, which we'll get into that a little bit more. So. Mm. um, Yeah, like I said, I'm going to do my best to articulate it all. So then uh, I get there. Um, we were standing out on the deck of this beautiful woman's house. She has the property there. I think a lot of the time Jay does her ceremonies. Uh, one of the space holders in medicine women does the ceremonies at her house, but because of the fires, I believe we are looking for a new space. So this beautiful soul named Jada that actually came from Long Island and now Long Island where, where I am. <laughs> yes. And now has this beautiful off-grid property out here in BC. And she had her beautiful house there and her deck. And then we journeyed in her Mongolian yurt, womb cocoon space. It was... A lot of words. uh, Okay. Nice. It was so beautiful, though. But we met on the deck. It was nice. We kind of... I chatted with everyone, kind of got to know some of the women that were there. Um, We sat down and we talked about if we wanted to share like our intents and and stuff like that and so just feeling into that and I kept going over and over my intent I'm kind of a person who like never really seems to put like one intent into something I like to like put it all on but the intent that kept coming back to me over and over was show me the way Hmm, show me the way because Hmm. I knew that I was meant to be here with the plants plants have been calling me for a while they've been asking for me to listen and so I wanted I was asking the plants to show me the way and I don't know if I completely knew what that meant yet if that was like the next um next step in my life the next kind of way forward if that's with my business or Mm -hmm. whatever it was just like show me the way just like kept coming through to me 
Mm-hmm. And then also on the deck in sharing, one of the beautiful women that was there shared this really beautiful story. Um, it's called The Cow and the Buffalo. And mm-hmm. so I guess back, and I'll try to articulate as best I can, but back in the day, they're the indigenous or whoever were trying to figure like figure out the difference between the cow and the buffalo. Like, what's the difference between the cow and the buffalo? And they said that they figured it out when they watched that when the storm came and they watched them. So when the storm came, the cows tried to outrun the storm. They would go the opposite direction of the storm and they would try to outrun it. But because of that, the storm would just follow them because they would try to run away this way and the storm would follow them. So they were prolonging their fear, essentially. They were running away because they were fair, they were afraid, but they were continuing in fear because they were continuing to run away as the storm followed them. Mm-hmm. But the buffalo, when their herd sees a storm, they come together and they walk into the storm. They walk head on into the storm to face the storm and face the fear of the storm because then it will pass and it will go, it will go over them. Ooh, chills. Cool. Chills. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that too. And I remembered that story. And so we were talking about, you know, um, in these plant medicine journeys, sometimes you're faced with things and how we have the choice to be the cow or the buffalo. And we have the choice to face these things head on and really go into it. And at the time I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool story, but you know, didn't realize quite the effect that it was going to have yeah, like quite yeah. yet. Came full circle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then after that, we proceeded up to the Mongolian yurt. Um, we were asked to walk up there silently and I chose to walk barefoot to kind of feel into the land and I guess that that is uh, a tradition that they do is that when you go up to the yurt, it was about a 10 minute walk up through the forest, which is oh, just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you walk in silence. Mm-hmm. So all yeah. of us women walked powerful. up there. Yeah, it, it was really powerful. We walked yeah. up there in yeah. silence and then I get up there and it's just like, you can just feel the energy of this like yurt and the land. This is also really, really special land that's like come mm-hmm. to like hold this, that Jada Jada Fire Davis that gets to be the keeper of this. So um, thank you, Jada, for being the keeper of this land and allowing us to journey here. But even just like the Mongolian yurt, like it's just situated like right in the forest in the trees and it's got this beautiful deck on it. And it's just such sacred energy coming from it. Mm -hmm. We talked about a couple of things too. So the door of the yurt was made by a family in Mongolia, which Jada told us. And it actually has a guardian, a spirit guardian built into it that guards like the door or guards the yurt which is really cool and she's like and it's actually there and I'm like oh I don't doubt you like it's for sure there (laughs) um so when you went into the yurt out of respect you bowed before you walked in the door every time and you only and you entered with your right foot you put your right foot in first and you walked to the right around every single time Mm, okay yeah so that was it that was interesting for me Mm -hmm. but it was really it was really really cool 
Um, so then we each got a chance to go in, you find your spot, you get set up. I brought my like foamy mattress from my camper bed and my blankets. Mm. And I brought quite a few different things for clothes too, because I'm also genuinely, genuinely, generally the type of person who likes to be prepared. I have my backpack with me (laughs) at all times. (laughs) Yes, you do. Yes. It's just like, it's a comfort thing that I have all my stuff in. I like, you know, it gets cold. I have a sweater. I have my lip chap. I have my lotion. I have my water bottle. I have my mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so I brought some clothes, some pants, some shorts, some big t-shirts, some, uh, like a little thing to go like a jacket, just whatever, mm-hmm. as well as like my blankets and my pillow. Um, and I brought my spiritual tools too. So I brought all my like crystals and stuff and got my, my space really nice and set up in there. Um, and then as well as the mushroom journey, it was also a hape journey and sananga and cacao as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we sat with the hape first, which I, I have spoke about that on the podcast before. It's like... Yeah a type of tobacco and then it gets um i guess like blown up or put into like your nose and i did that uh journey with jay before when i went to her place and did the sananga and the hape together so which was good i'm happy i knew what it was like and it's kind of like spicy i guess yeah like it was like peppery peppery Yeah. yeah definitely like peppery that's how it felt before and it's kind of like in the in your head um, mm-hmm. so that was like the, where we started kind of with like the beginning of our journey in the cocoon womb space, which I also really liked that this like yurt was, she calls it like the cocoon womb space. And especially as like, we're all there in sisterhood. Mm-hmm. So we each go up, um, to the medicine women that are serving the hape. Um, and you kind of like, like put your tongue up and like try to close the back of your throat so it doesn't drip mm-hmm. down your throat and it more like stays in your nostrils but you do both sides so like you do one and when you're able to open your eyes you do the other side mm-hmm. um and yeah and it's every time like it just hits you with like <laughs> you're just like yeah. holy fuck yeah a little <laughs> uncomfortable yeah yeah and and it's funny because the sananga kind of burns the eyes too it's it's just probably funny from like an outsider looking at it. It's like, why do you do these things that hurt? It's like, I don't yeah. know. I grow through the pain. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, the, the happy is actually really cleansing. So that's what we were doing too. We were being very intentional about cleansing out our vessels before we were also, and before the ceremony too, in the email, we were also asked um, to avoid like alcohol and recreational drugs mm-hmm. and uh, medications and less necessary. And yeah. even furthermore, like feeling into if it resonates to maybe refrain from meat because the spirit of the animal can still be there, especially, or like the energy of the animal, especially if like slaughtered or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like, and from coffee and stimulants, and like, really just trying to clear out and and coming with our vessel as clean as possible for the experience because it'll really help with yeah. the medicine. So then, the other plant medicines that we journeyed with were just helping us clear out that vessel and just open us up and prepare us. So I did the hape, 
and went back to my bed and it's kind of late in child's pose. And it was interesting because the first feeling was like, I was just like, oh, wow, like this feels so good. Like I just feel so cleared out and cleansed right now. Like this just feels so nice. Like kind of just like a buzzing, just like, a mm. and I just like sat in child's pose and I don't really remember anything necessarily coming to me at that point. I just mm-hmm. remember it just feeling like really good and really like cleansing. Um, however, that didn't last super long because then I got nauseous. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. that sucks. Yeah. So that sucks. Yeah. Again, now, and then like I'm kind of looking around the room and I'm like, I still have to do the mushrooms. I still have to do Sananga. I still have to do cacao. And I'm so nauseous and my stomach was so bloated. Uh-huh. And I even remember that, even that, because I just like, I pulled down my pants so that they were just like underneath my like gut, you know, so my gut could just like yeah. stick out. And yeah. even that though, because I'm just like sitting there with all these women and I'm like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to yeah. have my belly like stick out because yeah. I don't, I feel like fucking shit right now. And I got yeah. a long time to go, like <laughs> a long, a long time to go. But yeah, it just sucked. And I just really had to sit in this like uncomfortable Mm. nauseousness where i'm like and i'm also not really a puker like Mm. i feel like if i get nauseous it would be nice to just like puke and get it out but my it's really difficult to make myself puke or for myself to get there so like my body will more just sit in the nausea and it won't actually really like purge itself right um so that sucks like i've never like when people are like hungover after going out and drinking, never in my life have I um, vomited the next day ever. Mm-hmm. And most people mm-hmm. do, I guess. I yeah. don't know. But it's just like, but I'll just yeah. like sit in like the nausea. Anyways, that's sidebar. <laughs> but yeah. I was just sitting there being really nauseous, being like, Ew. were you guys talking about your, were you guys talking about it all? Like what was happening with the hape at that point? Or no. Well, we were, they were serving each woman individually. So they were sitting up at the front and they were saying, we'll like come up kind of popcorn style. Like they'll start with a couple of people. Um, cause it was Jay and Tina serving the medicine at that point. So there's two spaces open. And then if there's an open space, you just go up and receive it. And then you go back to your space and just feel into it. Cause you kind of want to just like lay down and breathe. You got to really breathe through it. Yeah. Yeah. So other people were going up at the at the time getting like served and stuff like that. And then I think after that, we were probably talking about uh, the cacao. So then, yeah, then we moved on to doing the cacao journey, which is like a heart opener. And we drank it cold this time to represent the season since it was summer. But mm. oh, I just felt so gurgly and I didn't really even want to drink the cacao, but I did because mm. it's part of the ceremony and I, I do want to invite this plant medicine into my body. But I was just feeling mm. so weird. We're also asked to stop eating around three or four ish mm. in the afternoon. And then you don't eat after that. Yeah. Um, so I'm feeling kind of like hungry, too, and like nauseous and weird. And then I get this um, nice jar of like cacao and I had a, it, it went down really slowly. Like, I think I was the last mm. person to, like, drink it all because I felt so bloated. Like, I felt like I didn't yeah. want to put any more liquid into my body. And I was just feeling gurgly and gross. And, like, am I going to throw this cow up? And, like, God, I hope not. And I don't want to mm. throw up in front of everyone. But I also don't want to feel <laughs> nauseous. And, like, uh, yeah. 
yeah already being in like my overthinking brain Mm -hmm. um and so then they explain how like the rest of the night's gonna go and and we do have like have some well we have yeah a lot of conversation around the mushrooms we speak about the type of mushroom that was brought there um as well as the dosing so Mm -hmm. they serve a range a macro dose but you're bought, you muscle test for the dose that you okay. do. And then yeah. you don't know the dose. Oh, so they just, they figure it out for you? Yeah, they make you your tea and they just give it to you. So you don't know mm-hmm. what you're getting because elsewise people can kind of get in their head or stuck on the number or, you know, like yeah. the ego gets in the way of focusing like on the number of the dose that they're getting, which right, totally right. makes sense because I don't think sense. it would have been good for me at all to know the dose that <laughs> yeah, I did. That does make sense. Yeah. So then we went over to Pam and she did the muscle testing and I sat with her and she's like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, I'm really nauseous. And she's like, okay, and she did her energy work, you know, she worked on me and my stomach and we were moving things. We were grounding down. And it was so interesting. She did some stuff and like, I felt better. And again, mm-hmm. it's like, just to show how fucking real energy work is, yeah. you know, like, yeah. like just, she's just doing some energy helped. work on me to like help with the yeah. nausea. And then she's like, how are you feeling? I'm like better, but still nauseous. She's like, okay. She like, eh, like into my gut, like, like grabs the nauseousness and like, pulls it out (laughs) like just like casual and it felt so good like she just like let it out and i felt better i'm like oh my god thank you wow look at that look at that she just like knows what to do like she's just like yeah grabbing me blah blah and then i'm like looking at her like you know i think we're gonna do the muscle testing for the dose she's like you're good i'm like oh i'm good she's like yep you're good and she's like writes down my number like passes it to them and i'm like Uh okay um and keep in mind we're doing a macro dose like so for anyone that doesn't know, um, a microdose is anything that's under a th- under a gram. A microdose mm-hmm. is anything that's under a gram. Yeah. So usually when people are microdosing in the mornings, like some people will do like fifty milligrams. Some people mm-hmm. even up to a hundred. I would say a hundred is a really good sweet spot for a microdose. A lot of people are around there. And then if people want a little bit extra wavy, sometimes you know you do two hundred, three hundred, depending on the day. But a microdose is anything under under a gram. Macrodose is a gram. That's where we're talking grams. Mm-hmm. Um, this medicine we are being served between three. And six grams and your body, you, you, your body decides where you're going to be. And you don't know, Mm -hmm. you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. Um, Yep. So then we, the tea is made for us. And so and now, 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 now this is another thing that I got to drink after my, I already drank the cacao and I feel, and like, I don't know if anyone's had mushrooms before, but like, they don't taste the best. No. Like yeah. I could already smell it. And whenever I've done like not the capsules and just done the mushrooms, like Bryce yeah. always makes fun of me. Cause I'm always like, Ugh, Ugh, cause it's just yeah. such a, like, if you like taste it, um, no. love to the mushrooms. I love you mushrooms, but like, yeah. Anytime I have had them had like, like eaten them like that. And in microdose form, I always like put it on like with some peanut butter or something. I like, I never just like 
go for it raw so and i mean mind you it was made in a tea and they made it very lovely there was lemon in it and ginger so it actually wasn't too bad but it's also like it's like crushed up and so like it's like kind of it's like when the chunks get stuck like the liquid goes down and then the chunks and again i'm like i'm definitely the last one and i'm just like well i have to do it all i have to do it all like obviously and i'm still trying to drink it it was also interesting because since we got different doses i'm looking around at people's jars and some people's you know are a little bit more transparent and then others and mm-hmm. i'm like mine's really fucking thick so like mm-hmm. shit <laughs> but you, but you don't know other people's are right. thick too but I'm like, mine's thick um yeah so yeah finally sat there and drank it i'm like all right here we go really doing it let's go mushrooms mm-hmm. all right like don't know what to expect um and then we do the Sananga journey. So we do that before, I guess, the mushrooms kick in, but after we take the mushrooms. So I've talked about Sananga on the podcast before. I've done it at Lucius before. I have went to Jay also and had Sananga administered. So it's the drops mm-hmm. that you get in the eyes that kind of like burn. They don't kind of burn. Yeah. They, they burn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's a good feeling. I'd really like to get my own Sananga and start working with it. Cause it's like just this really clearing and like flushing out. Yeah. Um, I would like to try it one day. Yeah, I will. Yeah. You can try it with me. Mm-hmm. Well, or whoever, it doesn't have to be me, but I, I'm, I know by the next time you see me, I'll definitely have some. So yeah. Cool. So yeah. So then we just kind of laid on the edge of our beds. They came around with the Sananga um and administered it and you kind of move your head and it starts to burn you're like god <laughs> you're like what am i doing what do i do and then you just like start breathing into your heart and i do find that i do journey on sananga so it was mm-hmm. interesting because my journey with what came up with me with sananga um was acceptance and it was specifically people and this was before the mushroom journey even it was specifically people in my life, like all of a sudden these people, um, came, like popped up to me in my life and it was my mom, it was my dad, Mm -hmm. it was my sisters, Mm -hmm. it was Bryce (laughs) (laughs) and it was somebody else who I've had a really, really, really difficult journey with. Um, mm-hmm. specifically with in female relationship for over a very long amount of time of years. Um, and it's something in my old story that I really struggled with. I really struggled with feeling accepted and yeah. But anyways, this person popped up too. Mm-hmm. And just what kept coming to me was just like acceptance. So I went down the line of every single person and just said, I accept you, I accept you, I accept you. And I and I also accept what has happened. Mm, Doesn't mean I have to be okay yeah. with it, but I accept it, right. you know? Mm-hmm. I accept yep, it. There's a difference. Yep. So I went down every line and really meant it. Like these feelings, it's like the acceptance was coming out of me. It wasn't like, oh, I'm told to do it. Like you need to go and accept this from each person. It's like the feeling of acceptance was bubbling out of me and wanting to come to each of these people. Mm -hmm. So I just went down the line. I accept you. I accept you. I accept you. And really, really feeling into what that, what that felt like. And this is big, even with my parents, like, yeah, 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Like, I, I've had some, some struggles there. Um, yeah. And then I moved into forgiveness and looking at each person in the eyes and saying, I forgive you and really meaning it. And like the forgiveness is coming mm-hmm. from a real, a real place of real forgiveness. Because I think that's the other thing is in this work, I feel like it's very easy for me to know. I mean, you know, when you, you like tell yourself, well, I should be happy for them. I should forgive mm-hmm. them. That's the right yeah. thing to do. That's the spiritual right. thing to do. I'm a bigger person if I do that. Blah, 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 blah. But you can say all that shit and think it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean shit until you actually feel it. Yeah. And there's a difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think with a lot of things, I was just telling myself that that's how I should feel. But I wasn't mm-hmm. actually there yet. Yeah. Which is also okay. Yeah. That's part Definitely. of the journey. But I went through it and it was, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. And really meaning it. And then I love you. Oh, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to every one of them and really meaning it. And I love you. I love you. I love you. And really meaning it. And I, I had to move through each of those with each, like had a moment with each person and moved through them because I even got to a place where it's like, I, for, I forgave them and really meant it. And then it was, thank you. And I really meant it. Like, thank you mm-hmm. for playing this part in my life. And I really meant yeah. it. Yeah. That's big. It is really big. And with some of those people, one in particular, as well as my parents, like, I'll be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, yeah, to be able to look at them and just be like, thank you. And then I sat with them and I just repeated the, it was like a version of the um, Hano Opo yeah. prayer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I said yeah. that right, but so it was the version of, it. pardon? I don't know how to pronounce that at all. It's like, oh, no, 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 whatever. I think it's H1, yeah, the Hano Nopo, yeah. Hano Nopo Opo or something like that. I'm really yeah, sorry if I'm like not pronouncing it right, but like yeah, it's that prayer, which is, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I should look it up because I'm blanking on it. Um, I, I know, I know it. I sometimes switch the order, but it's like, uh, please for- I love you. Oh. Uh, I thank you. I- yeah, <laughs> totally I think it's like, it please it's forgive like, lo- me. Thank you. Wait, no. Yeah, there's it's like four I'm sorry. Them. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. I'm I sorry. love you. Yes. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. So mm-hmm. I was reciting that over and over with each person, except for at the beginning doing the acceptance piece. So I accept you. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Or please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And just doing that over and over and just really feeling into it. We haven't even got to the mushrooms yet. We were just at the Sananga. And then it was, it was really powerful because I seen these like, um, like shackles that were like on my feet and my arms Mm. just break. They just broke off. And it was like, I was free. Mm -hmm. And I finally let, let the anger go. It was like I gave myself permission to let the anger go. And I was really realizing that I was keeping myself in this loop of, in this prison of my own anger. And I w- it was yeah. keeping me there to finally, ha- you know, have this prayer 
with each one of them, like it set me free. And it was that powerful. And that was just, just the Sananga journey. It was that powerful. I watched the shackles break off of my, my hands and my feet. Um, and that was really interesting too, because I recently did go to Lucia's and do a Sananga journey. And they said I had a shackle on my left foot and I, and I shook it off. And they said, it's keeping you from flying. You're trying to fly, but the shackle is keeping you down. And they and they didn't say what it was. They're like, you know what it is. And I just felt mm-hmm. like it's, it's this anger. It's it's this like it's this like cycle of, yeah. I think anger, and I don't like to admit that I'm angry either because sometimes it doesn't feel spiritual to be to be angry or to hold it in your body. Um, mm-hmm. But I finally released. Do you feel it. like? Do you feel like you came to the resolution of it just like in that moment? Like, where do you feel like you were realistically before that moment? Like, do you feel like that moment kind of just like wrapped, like kind of just expedited the process? I, I, it almost feels like it kind of just actually was more so like your higher self coming in and saying like your higher self does forgive these people. So it was almost like emerging with that, like, you know, the realistic aspect of like holding on to it versus like, you know, what happened in like the depths of that, of that sadanga moment of like oh i actually do forgive them like for other people that like still haven't found the forgiveness wait so what's your question <laughs> like <laughs> um i do this all the time <laughs> like d- like because you you said like i actually did forgive them like in that moment when i released it um up until the day of leading into the day of the ceremony like where do you feel like your ability to forgive those people or like to accept those situations was before that like did it all kind of just happen there do you feel like you were already kind of approaching that point yeah i would say that i was moving into it but not to that point i think i had a lot of built up anger in my body and i was in denial of it and here's a really good example i recently went to vancouver with my mom and my sister that was interesting um but it was also a lot of fun and i told my sister she has a lot of anger in her like mm-hmm. I have no right to tell somebody that to point out somebody's pain. And I mean, it wasn't just like out of the blue, like it, like it came, it, there was something that came up, but I said, you know, you have a lot of anger in you or whatever. And she's like, you can't just go around telling people that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, <laughs> and after yeah. my, my ceremony, I texted her and I, I apologized and I said, I'm, mm. I'm sorry. That's not my place to point that out. And you know, there's this really crazy thing about how everyone's a mirror. And I was just projecting my own anger that I was in denial of onto you. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I think leading up, I think being at Lucia's, and it would be interesting to talk to her. Like, I mean, she's probably forgotten now, but she would have seen that I was going into that mushroom ceremony and she would have known what was needed to be cleared. And with that shackle... Yeah that was needed to be let go. It was actually um, the lady who administered the Sananga that brought up the shackle, but I'm sure that they both seen it. And I think that was a tipping point to opening me up. The Sananga also knew that this needed to be cleared before I went into the mushroom, Mm -hmm. into the mushroom ceremony. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it it was, yeah, it, it, it was really, really interesting. Um, but anyways, so I moved through that with mm-hmm. the Sananga 
and then kind of laid in my bed and felt into those mushrooms. So then I watched those shackles like release from my body and they dropped into the ground and they started decomposing and rotting in the ground. Um, oh, wow. And then there's even this, this part where around me was this bubble of like white blue light and then, then the shackles were actually like, actually this happened first. They were pulled up off of me and then they were dropped back on top of me, but they shed off the the light. It's like they, it's like I was protected from them. They couldn't come back to me. And then they went into oh. the ground to decompose. And it was like just this beautiful moment because I was like, holy fuck, I'm free. Like I don't, I don't have to hold this anymore. And I also don't think I maybe realized how badly those were attached to me and how I was felt like I was in yeah. my own prison in, in this way with this anger and how I was like, wow, like I'm, I'm free. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, like I said, sitting in bed, kind of just chilling, waiting for them to kick in. This is where it all kind of gets a little bit fuzzy, um, mm-hmm. but I'll do my best. The first thing I begin to notice is just extreme fucking discomfort, like just extreme discomfort when I can start to feel them extreme anxiety. Like I, I just like cocooned in my, in my bed and just put the blankets over me. Um, and of course, right to the forefront, hyper, hypersensitive and hyper, hyper aware of how I was like being perceived. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And ju- yeah. And just like extreme anxiety and extreme discomfort. And I had and like, and this is where I'm in my mind, in my brain, as it's the way it's working, then I'm like, what the fuck did you get yourself into? And like, I will say, I did not know what I was getting myself into. Yeah. I did not know. <laughs> did not know. Um, yeah. And so now I'm having this dialect with myself where I'm like, what the fuck did you do, Michaela? Like what? Like, cause I know that it's just starting and I'm not going to go back and I'm thinking, okay. And, and now I'm starting to kind of like, you know, like reason bargain with myself. Like, cause I don't, I don't know what time it is. We also, when we got there, we were asked to give up our phones. So we all gave our mm-hmm. phones into a little basket and put them away. Yeah. Um, and I have no idea what time it is. I, would imagine we probably started the mushroom journey around, I don't know, maybe eight, eight 30, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't really know. And I know that we would be journeying until probably like midnight one ish in the night. I don't actually know what time it went to. So in my head, I'm already bargaining with myself and I'm like, okay, this will end. This will end. Mm-hmm. I guess you just have to wait yeah. it out for it to end. Yeah. Cause I'm just in this extreme discomfort. So I'm like, just, Yep. You're just you're just gonna have to wait it out, and I'm like, okay, so it's probably it's something you know, like maybe is this gonna be like like three hours or so, maybe like you like just like wait it out. But then I'm also just like going through these uncomfortable feelings of just like I I don't want to be here. I want to go home. Why am I here? Why am I doing this? And also these feel like these thoughts are coming up of how the fuck do people do this? Like I listen to these these other podcasts talking yeah. about people that do ayahuasca ceremonies and they do these these ceremonies and I'm like, why the fuck do people do this? <laughs> like, <laughs> like abort, abort. Literally. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to do this again. Like why did like yeah. I, I like I thought that I was gonna like this was gonna be good. Like I I 
I, I don't know if I can ever do this again. I don't know if I'm ever going to come back. I don't even want to come back. Like, fuck this. Like, fuck mm-hmm. this. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, yeah. really just like, and, I, and of course, and I'm just, I'm blankets all around me. I'm just bundled up like in my bed, just like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Um, so is anyone else like talking to each other at this point? I guess I'm just trying to get like a paint, like paint the picture of the room or like what the purpose of doing. I mean, obviously, like there's more to say, obviously. But like at this point, like in the beginning, like is anyone talk like what is the, like paint the scene? Everyone is just in their own like little comfy space that they brought, like starting to feel it. Yes, I would say you're mo- you're kind of in your own space. And we talked about this beforehand, too, of everyone's process is going to look different of what is meant to come to them and what they're supposed to process through. Um, so I, you very much kind of witness that too of everyone in their own process. And like the space holders are there to help if need be, mm-hmm. but there's also a huge element of letting yourself process and go through it yeah. by yourself. So some people were it, it, more like talking kind of just like, out loud or to themselves like and this was the very early stage of it so I don't really remember and you're also so much in your own bubble that I didn't fucking care like I you know I didn't really care what I was just so focused in on me and my anxieties and it was a thing too where yeah. and I'm like hyper fixated to like oh I have to get up to go to the bathroom and I don't want to ask for help and how am I going to get out there do my legs even work if are people going to think I'm weird or like like very mm-hmm. hyper fixated on that too like um am i gonna be judged if i can't handle this and and it is if i i'm now i'm afraid to get out of my cocoon like i don't like now i gotta go out and like what if i gotta go out into the world and now i'm afraid of this and and then having yeah those thoughts of like i don't know how people do this and keep coming back to this like i don't i don't know Mm -hmm. why you would put yourself through this Mm -hmm. um and then, and then I'm, and then too, like, and I'm asking, and like right away, I'm asking the mushrooms. I'm like, I'm like, okay, so what is it? Like, what do you have to show me? Like, what, what like, what is it? Like, what, what's the big, <laughs> what's the big opinion here? <laughs> Let's see it. Right? Like, like, what's the message? Hello. And it was just like, <laughs> and it was like, just be, just be like, that's just like what at that moment, what kept coming through was just be, just allow yourself to be in the medicine you don't need to seek for an answer or seek for something mm-hmm. to come. Just like be in the medicine. Um, and then I'm I'm continuously being brought up with this like extreme discomfort. I don't remember it exactly, but very, very, very extreme discomfort. And I'm again being very hyper aware. Like I feel like I'm too hot and I need to change. Or are people gonna be like, why is she constantly changing? Why is she this? Why is she grabbing this? Like I'm using things using things as like a security blanket too if that's like my jacket that i'm putting around me or like or or like whatever whatever it is and then i just got to a point where because like the mushroom they just keep coming they just keep kicking in where i'm like i don't even have the capacity to give a fuck like and Mm -hmm. it was just this a moment of like deep deep surrender where I, where I had to let go and I'm like okay I'm here I chose to do this I'm here I'm not going home um mm-hmm. I don't know how it's going to look to just sit and wait this out like I'm I'm here so I'll listen to the mushrooms 
I will just be, I will let the experience come to me. And I guess I'm going to be the fucking Buffalo. I guess I'm going to be the Buffalo. I'm going to go, I'm going to go head on Mm -hmm. into the storm and, and face it. So now all the discomfort, the, the insecurities and stuff that were coming up instead of, so what was happening before in my mind was all of these insecurities wailing around. What do they think of me? How are they perceiving me? Whatever. And my mind is trying to reason of how, how can I make this feel better for myself? Like if, if it's like my items that make me feel comfortable, if it's staying in my cocoon, if it's what, how, how I speak, how I don't speak, if I stay quiet, whatever. My, my brain is trying to reason with me of how to make myself feel safer. That's what it's doing before. But now Mm -hmm. instead it's like, I'm just having to confront the securities head on. So what if they think I'm weird? What if, and this, again, this is not the, all the women there were great. This was my own insecurities mm-hmm. that I had to work through in, um, yeah. sisterhood. And this is at the very beginning. Like this is stuff that I knew that I was probably going to have to work through, but this is like, this is only like the first layer. And so I just like, it was like mm-hmm. confronting things head on. It's like, okay, what if I do this? And what if I'm perceived as weird? And it was like, oh, well, I accept it. Mm-hmm. I accept it. Yeah. I accept it. Back to the acceptance. And moving mm-hmm. into that really true acceptance when I feel like so many times in my life I was trying to reason or um, cling on to things or my behavior or something to make me safe instead of just accepting like the moment as it is or accepting myself in it. So I was like continuously faced with these pieces of just like having to accept like this might happen. Like, right? Like this mm-hmm. might happen. Um, how do you choose to feel about it? And then just having to be like, okay, well, I accept that that might happen. Okay. Moving on to the next, here's the next insecurity. You're faced Mm -hmm. with it. Mm. Okay. I accept that that might happen. And then you're also like, that's not that bad. (laughs) That happens. That's not that bad. (laughs) When before it felt like it, it might've been really, really bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the that's the thought process evolution, you know, like accept it. And then it's like, OK, well, I'm I'm not going to die. Yeah. Well, if they think that I just did this weird thing with my arm, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. 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 And there were so many moments like that, too, because it's also like um, you're supposed to someone's supposed to go with you to go to the bathroom because it's night outside. And mm. that's a journey. <laughs> that's yeah. dirty and someone like me i have to pee a lot so like i'm holding it in i'm holding it in and I'm, then i'm like yeah i'm gonna pee my pants i gotta go yeah i don't know how to ask yeah. for help i don't even know if i can stand i really don't want to pee myself um and then just even that journey too and that's something that in sisterhood i have struggled with a lot or just in female relationships is always finding that balance of either being too much or not enough mm-hmm. and always having yeah. that voice in my head telling me that I either did too much or I even or I didn't do enough and I struggle I've struggled with that with some of my best friends now that have never given me a reason to not trust them or to feel those things yeah. but because of some of my previous stories I've had that like programming in my head and and I, I remember that even recently, like with a friend, like, should I, 
should I hug her more? Like, should I give her, should I give her more, more hugs? Should I like do more of this? And then I'm like trying to reason myself, well, I shouldn't force it. And then I'm like, but then, and then, well, am am I not doing it enough? Am I not giving her enough hugs? Am am I not doing Mm -hmm. it right? Is it weird where I'm touching her on her arm? And like, just constant thoughts that are always ping-ponging back and forth. And it, where the belief is that your friendship or your reciprocal love is conditional exactly on those things yeah exactly or if i do this i'm going to be perceived as weird or maybe if i act this way or do this like they're not going to want to be friends with me anymore but they're not going to tell me that and i'm going to have to figure that out and oh yeah gloss over that one that's a big one (laughs) yeah you know like yeah yeah just like yeah yeah yeah. that 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 information and that is such a that is such a huge pattern and things that's in these friendships uh, this this secretive thing that it's like this whole thing where it's so it's so natural to be like it's it's very natural to assume especially with the way that the world has been operating that these things are going to remain hidden from you and that it's your job to figure yes. out which increases the paranoia yes and it's like so normalized you know it's that's just the way that that's just the way that things have been that it's always like we always assume like oh it's never going to be dealt with in a healthy way so it's always going to be on me to have to guess yes and that's and I recently like went to a music festival with one of my best friends and I love her very much and she's never given me any reason not to trust her or feel safe, but I was just, and then, and so it's nothing to do with her. It was my own conditioning, my own thoughts. And I was just being very aware of, um, yeah, the thoughts that I was having come up where it's just like, if I'm not doing enough or, or what, yeah, what if I do this? And like, then what if she's like, you know, that feeling too of like, um, being worried that someone's like mad at you, even though there's no reason to be, but what if, what if I do something that makes them mad and then they don't tell me and like, yeah, and I got to figure it out. So anyways, Mm -hmm. so really having to learn in this situation to surrender to that and also let myself be held and supported because like I'm the oldest in my family. I tend to be hyper-independent sometimes. Like I don't need your help. Like I need to ask for help. Which is weird because mm-hmm. I feel like I can also be on the other end of that too, where I feel like I need all the help, but I'll get to that. Um, so now I got to go out to the bathroom where they're like, here, like hold my shoulder, hold my hand. And even f- for me to just like surrender into that and let that person like fully and completely guide me and just like not mm-hmm. feeling like I'm a burden for them to have to yeah. help me. Because like I need help, mm-hmm. I I need help. Yeah, <laughs> like in this moment, yes. to, like to get yes. there. Um, yeah, and that, and also that it's okay for me to grab their shoulder, um, or whatever, and mm-hmm. and let them lead me. And even just that, just something as simple as going to the bathroom. And then I remember getting to the bathroom, but I couldn't even I I couldn't even find it. And like I have these thoughts of. Is she taking too long? Is she like, oh my God, like why, why can't she figure it out? Like, why can't she do it? Why can't she like, you know what I mean? So I'm having all of those thoughts that I would have a lot of the time in regular life that I don't tell anyone about because I don't want anyone to know that I'm vulnerable or that I have insecurities or anxieties. 
especially around women. Mm-hmm. So I'm having these all come mm-hmm. out. And as I'm journeying to go to the bathroom, whatever, I'm having to face each one of them and go, so fucking what? I got to pee. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do what yeah. I have to do to pee. So who, who cares if she thinks I'm yeah. weird and moving through that? And like, I know deep down that they don't think that anyways, but that wasn't, but that wasn't the point. The point was that I had mm-hmm. this like fear that, that they did. Yeah. And I had to work through that and just move into acceptance of my process. And the thing is, is my process is different than everyone else. Someone else might be able to go out and find the bathroom and be just fine. I don't know if that was the case mm-hmm. or they might be able to do things yeah. a different way. And it's right. Like you were purposely getting pummeled with these thoughts. So, so loud. loud. Like it was pro- like, like, like they're probably usually in your head a little bit, but it was purposefully like loud, loud, loud. Like, oh my God, what do they think? What do they think? And this is what the mushrooms were doing yeah. for you. So yeah, that extreme yeah. discomfort, that's what it was doing for me. And so, and so each one of those thoughts, I just had to face it and just like, so what if, what if, instead of trying to reason with, or bring in some other type of like security or safety blanket, like just actually like face it head on. It's crazy. <laughs> um, so I moved through yeah. a, a lot of those and moving into just like acceptance of how I am and like, well, so what if I take longer? So what if my process looks like this? So what if I say this? Or what if I come off a little weird? That's me. And then just like keep feeling it into Because also when I was extreme discomfort, I kept just being like love, love, love. Like it's like finding this light inside of me. And like sometimes just the word love would pop up and I'd feel into that. And then mm. and really feeling into, well if this is the way I am, then that's okay. And I, and I like love myself for that. And like, I'm just like Mm -hmm. a really beautiful soul because, because of those things and because of the way I am. Yeah. And I don't know, like, it feels like that should be so simple. And I've probably talked about that kind of stuff on the podcast before, but there was like a different level of it actually like clicking and makes making sense and like actually something shifting Mm -hmm. in my dna where i really believed it and it was like really a thing that like i've never experienced before and then i went you know i'd go back to my bed and it's all kind of a blur there's multiple times i had to get up and go to the bathroom and do this and try to get this or this or this and but anyways I i would go back to my bed um and kind of cocoon and the, they're kicking in stronger and stronger. And this was like a weird thing where like sentences kept like repeating in my head. And they seemed to be something from mm-hmm. like my childhood. And it was almost like sometimes my brain, it felt like it didn't even have the capacity to think. So I had to let go mm-hmm. of that because, because that was the overthinking. I was again trying to reason with myself and like try to like calm myself down by using these words. But I really just needed to come to a place of like just kind of being instead of like the overanalyzing, the overthinking. Yeah. And it was definitely. so strange because like these words kept, I don't know why, but like something with ketchup kept coming through ketchup and something about my bedroom. And I was at my old house and it was so weird because it was like, it was almost, it was almost like mm-hmm. at the same time, my brain felt like it was like fried um, mm-hmm. and I had this, and they kept burning something in there and I haven't asked what it is yet. And I would smell it. And I literally thought I was having a stroke. Like I was like, cause I'd smell the burning. And I've heard that before that, like people who have strokes, oh. they can like smell burning or something. And it sometimes like happens to me. Uh-huh. And it was like also this uh-huh. fear. Um, 
it was like smelling the burning and then like realizing that they're actually burning something. But when I smelt it, it felt like my whole brain was on fire. Like all the neural pathways were on fire and I feel like it was a rebuilding of them, but it was also just Mm -hmm. like this, this like moving through acceptance of that too. Like, Again, extreme discomfort. Like, I, I don't want my brain to feel like this. Like, what if something happens to me? What if something happens to my body? What if I have a heart attack? What if I have a stroke? And then just being like, so what? Yeah. What yeah. am I going to do? Yeah. What am I going to do? Right. So yeah. what? Extreme, extreme, extreme acceptance. acceptance and moving through that. And I don't still don't quite know um, what was going on with all the words that were coming up. I think it was some type of trauma that was being released from when I was younger because it was like sentences but then it would kind of like get dialed down to like further words. And, it, and then I kept just like repeating in my head. It was like ketchup, tomatoes, bedroom, mm-hmm. ketchup, tomatoes, bedroom, ketchup, tomatoes, bedroom. Yeah. Which is so interesting to me. <laughs> sounds like it was, it sounds like it was bringing up like some specific childhood memory or something that you, yeah, that's what it seems like to me. Yeah. It, it's definitely like some scene. It seems like it was like playing a scene from your childhood. It definitely like was. That. And I'm still not sure exactly what it was. Cause it's almost like I didn't have the capacity at the time to completely see it or understand it. But I believe the work was still yeah. being done in my body. So mm-hmm. I don't really know. Like, right. As far as bedroom, um, I spent a lot of time alone in my bedroom, like as a child and like, Mm. even like as a teen, just a lot Mm. of time alone, a lot of time, like, I guess probably my, I didn't really feel like growing up, like inside my house was necessarily super safe, um, except for Mm. probably being in my bedroom would be the safest place. So, and maybe there's some correlation to, maybe how I was feeling at the time, maybe I didn't feel like everywhere around me was necessarily safe, like in the yurt, but maybe like I was safe in my own cocoon, in my own bed, in my own coziness. I don't, I don't really know. And I don't, I don't really know about the ketchup, but it's very loud. (laughs) Like ketchup, 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 tomatoes, ketchup. Yeah. But I, yeah, I can just trust that there Mm. was, there was like, I, I believe it was probably bringing up some type of trauma. Yeah. Um, that, was either moving through my body and then yeah and then they're kicking in more and more and you kind of start to get to this place where you're just like writhing around like you kind of can't feel still so you're just like I'm like looking at my hand and my hand just look like looks fucked and like I'm starting to like kind of like so it's interesting because now I'm starting to like maybe come out of the cocoon a little bit like and I'm in Mm. and you're, you're getting hot and you're making noises too. Like all of a sudden you're starting to like to express yourself. Like you're just being like, holy fuck. And you're like almost like talking to yourself. You're like, okay, I know, I know. So like the thoughts are coming up and you're like talking back to yourself and you're kind of like having this dialogue and this conversation of going on and you become a little bit more aware of everyone else's process that's going on because everyone there is processing differently. Um, there's others who like, you can hear them speaking to themselves too. And you can also hear echoes of some of us speaking to each other, but we're also speaking to ourselves. Like we're not really comforting necessarily the other person, but it's like someone will like say something and it resonates with another person. And so you're just, Mm. so there, you, you know, there's nods of "Mm -hmm, yes. Okay. Um, but at this time people are also, we're moving around. Some people are in their bed. Some people are out on the deck. Some people are wherever. And so like, you're very much Mm -hmm. 
in your process, but you can hear of what else is going around as well as Mm -hmm. people are expressing in different ways. Like, um, some may be crying and some, and Mm -hmm. they talked about, and I know with ayahuasca, it's common to purge and they say that it's possible to happen with mushrooms too. Um, Mm -hmm. so we all have some, uh, paper towel and a bucket beside us, just like in case. Right. (sighs) Yeah. So, and then just kind of, yeah, sitting there and like, just like move, like I'm starting to like move around and express more and looking around at everything that's like going on. Um, Mm -hmm. so the energy is kind of, you just feel like you just intuitively called to like, or do you feel like you were moving energy or you just feel like you were like observing like the effects or just like kind of whatever. Did you feel like you're moving to like move energy through your body? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think a, a bit of both, but we're definitely moving energy because mm-hmm. that's the whole point of us being there is for us to move densities mm-hmm. and things. And then, so, and then at the same time, the medicine women, the shamans, they're coming around and they're going around to the different people that they're called to and they're either burning whatever they need to, or they're doing energy work above you and moving things. And like, sometimes I would just look up right. and there's like a figure standing over me doing something. I didn't even know who they were. And I just, Mm. I didn't even have the capacity to pay attention to them because I was so much in my own process of what was going on, but they were there doing something, something to support me. And they would like move around the room as they were called to. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, so this was early on too. So that particular soul that I've had a lot of grievance and a lot of strife with throughout my life and Mm -hmm. a lot um a particular female relationship that started when I was really young in elementary school and it had always been a struggle a really difficult struggle and something that oh always stuck with me Um, and I built these feelings of feeling like I can't trust women after this. And this went, this was something that went on for years and it's felt like up until this point, it's always still had a hold on me, even though I was doing the work to work on it. I think a lot of the time I was in denial about it because I didn't want to tell people about it because it was an insecurity and I didn't want to be vulnerable. I didn't want people to know that I cared or that it bothered me. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially like recently, I kind of would be like, I I still, I still feel this person's energy coming, coming at me. Like I want to cut the cord and I keep trying to cut the cord, but it feels like it like can't be cut. Like, I feel like there's still judgment from this person onto me. Like they still care about me and very much putting the blame like on them that their energy was coming. Like it was solely coming from them. Um, Mm-hmm. which I don't doubt that it was like they're partly that part of it was coming from right. them but this soul showed up to me and I just had to sit and look at her <sighs> yeah and I just realized that we both only ever wanted each other's approval. 
like we both both at the core of us we only each wanted to be loved really really badly mm-hmm. and i had just put it you know i guess put up so many guards um since then and from that experience but what yeah i just really felt into how badly that soul just wanted to be loved and accepted and wanted approval and i just looked at her and said you know like i see you and i love you and again like really meant it like wasn't just saying to myself because i would do this previous where i would kind of say i'm sending this person love i love this person because i feel like i should love this person i feel like it's the spiritual thing to do i feel like it's the right thing to do but I don't know if I actually felt it, but I would kind of just gloss over it like that. Yeah. And this time I seen their soul and I just felt absolute, real, pure love, just love. And you know what else is like really jumped out at me about that? It was like the fact that you and this person both had the same desire. It was like a unification. It was like it was it was removing separateness because, you know, not not only did you understand what that desire was, but you actually both had the same desire. Yeah. Of approval. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and I feel like that would transmute some things, too. In terms of the acceptance of it all. And there's just so many layers to it because it still doesn't make everything that happened okay like I've carried a lot of pain and a lot of hurt from that story but I'm ready to release it or I did release it I was ready to not let it hold me back anymore for real and mean that and to also just like yeah love the other person and their process yeah. and their experience and set them free because we were we were programmed to for whatever reason then to be guarded with each other or for or for mm-hmm. whatever happened right. or for the energy that maybe came from her or some of the treatment in those times where I felt really sad and, you know, this is an old story that, um, isn't my, isn't really my story anymore, but, um, that was, that was a programming. It was a programming to keep herself safe. Right. And so maybe we acted Mm -hmm. in different ways, but so for me to just really peel back the layers of this individual and that the core was that she just wanted to be loved and she just wanted approval and she was just trying to keep herself safe however that was yeah it was really big for me and then just offering her pure unconditional love and I like embraced her soul too like in a hug and I meant it like I've never felt that way before I've never felt like that especially with this person ever like just absolute love and being like I see me in you. Mm-hmm. And and vice versa. Yeah. 
And again, in the past, when when you had tried to extend like forgiveness to her or whatever you thought that you were supposed to, like what uh, what had been your thoughts around it prior to this? I think I had in terms of like trying to accept it, like I'm sure you've done work on trying to like forgive or like what had so what had been your thoughts like until now I don't know like I definitely had done work on it and there was pieces of me I think that sometimes Mm -hmm. would feel it but not to that level but it always kept coming back yeah even like well what will this person like maybe think of me what will she hear from other people about me like is she and like feeling this energy of maybe keeping up with what I'm doing or how I'm Mm-hmm. whatever or like just ha- like you know like this this level of concern and it was also just this like dropping of like I don't I don't fucking care like I don't care I don't care um yeah I don't care <laughs> like and then just that love too and just and the real forgiveness and the also the thank you and back to the Hononopo prayer of just like being truly thankful mm-hmm. because it's like you had to play a part in my life and thank you for playing that and actually meaning it and actually meaning it. I really like, I've never felt that. Yeah. Like that level before. And it was so freeing. Like I just felt free of this and I had been for most of my life. I was in denial about this situation. I didn't want to talk about it. It felt like a vulnerability. It felt like a weakness. Um, Mm-hmm. And I was in denial, I think, about my true feelings. And lately, over the last few months, even weeks, it's been more at the forefront where I'm like, no, this is something that I really want to work through. And I was being more aware of it. So there had been intention that I wanted mm-hmm. to work through. But this was such a big thing that I needed to work through to work through the sisterhood wounding. Because this is sisterhood wounding. And now I'm in the cocoon womb space with all of yeah. my sisters. Like this... This is where this story is where all of these thoughts always came from that trickled out into all these pieces of my life of always worrying what people thought of me of being hyper aware of feeling like I had to change myself to be something else. It was from this story. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could, in your experience, you were able to trace it back to like really like one core traumatic. Well, I always knew it was a story. I always knew it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I think I was in denial about it, or I didn't, I didn't want to go there with it a lot too, because it mm-hmm. was just so painful. And yes, I yeah. also, I think I, I didn't want to to admit to myself that it affected me as much as it did either. So there was a piece of denial. <sighs> but now, right. just and like, and now, so now I'm in this space of just looking at her and I'm being like, I, "You're my sister. Like we're in this." together and I love you and I love your process and I thank you for playing that part in my life so that I can have this moment now and transmute it and transcend it and do the work and thank you for playing that person because you made me who I am today a huge part of this process of this because this is was years and years and years and years and years and years made me Mm -hmm. who I am today and I wouldn't be who I am today if I wouldn't have went through this and I am yeah. wouldn't change it. True. And I, I mean that. And I don't I, I don't know if a month ago I would have said that. 
I feel like I should have said that. I feel like I should have said that, but I don't know if I would have actually meant it. And I mean it. I'm happy. Not like that's what's meant to happen. But that was what was meant to happen. And I trust that. And thank you for playing that part and just letting, Mm -hmm. cutting the cord and letting it go. Like go live your life. I'll go live mine. Cutting the cord and be free. And mind you, like the forgiveness and the acceptance is, me and this person are never going to be friends. Like we're not meant to. That's not, that's not mm-hmm. what this is about. This isn't like right. a rekindling, right. mm-hmm. but I no. can still be like, I see myself in you. Um, I have unconditional love and just feeling the oneness of it, of it all too. But that was major. That's mm-hmm. something that has felt like it's had a hold on me almost my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, too, it's almost just it's it's sort of the example of it's like I'm seeing the mirror. I'm seeing the mirror of both of your core wounds of desiring acceptance and then just you know the way that um yeah just the way that it played out in terms of and how it played out for both of you so differently with this person uh kind of taking on more of the you know the role of the bully or the role of the one uh in your story at least i guess directing you know directing that judgment or directing that hatred or vitriol uh that you know that that affected you so much and then how that went on to like affect you in a way that it probably doesn't affect her it's it's affecting her in a much different way but it's i don't know i'm just kind of being brought my attention's being brought to like the you know the mirror aspect of that core wound and how it like played out for both of you differently Mm -hmm. yeah Mm mm-hmm Wow. Yeah. And also just like, I'm not a victim. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not a victim in it. Um, I like the reframe. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm a survivor, whatever that means. Um, but I'm not a victim. Like I'm not, this person doesn't have power Mm -hmm. over me anymore and carrying what they think or attaching my thoughts and my emotions to this story. There's no power there to do that any anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And also with that, it's like I, that was my sisterhood wound really in its entirety and to be able to heal that up in sisterhood Yeah, it was huge for me and it moved mm-hmm. so much and it's changed so much. And we're still yeah. like, I feel like only at the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was mm-hmm. big. Finally, I think just making peace with the person and the experience, just true peace. And giving myself permission to be free and to let go. 
that's going to be it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for being here. And next week will be the part two, all about the rest of Michaela's experience in this ceremony. Please give us a uh, subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Instagram at the Orphic Podcast. Also be sure to leave us a rating and review. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. Bye.